The Apostle Paul, in the second chapter in the book of Philippians, in the fifth verse, makes this statement. He says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He also says in his letter to the Romans, the 12th chapter and the second verse, he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm also reminded of the very famous slogan from the United Negro College Fund, which says, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. All of this to say that there is something important to the Christian faith that involves the human mind. In studying quantum physics, we learn that everything is energy, waves of possibility, until it is observed. Once observed, the waves collapse into particles and form is created. When we pay attention to anything positive or negative, we are observing it and causing it to collapse into form. And the result is what shows up in the circumstances of our lives. As an example, if I'm carrying a grudge against someone, I'm collapsing into form more reasons to feel bitter and angry. These form then show up as unexpected things like a, a bill from nowhere or stubbing my toe as I'm walking or a flat tire or something out of the norm that keeps us or causes us to be in some kind of distress. In other words, by merely thinking and holding on to something negative, everything around us collapses into form. Now, I don't know if this is necessarily true or not, but what I do know is that whenever I am in a bad mood or whenever my mind is not stayed on the Lord or whenever there is not a peace in my spirit or some kind of disturbance in my soul, I tend to have more problems emerge in my life. So the question to ask ourselves is this. What am I paying attention to? Do the television shows that I watch uplift my spirit? Are the people I spend time with mostly positive or do we gossip and complain? How do I respond when someone does not agree with me? If my focus is on what's right in the world, I'm collapsing more form of goodness. If I fret about everything that is wrong and I spend half of my time worrying, I'm collapsing into form more negativity around my life. My mind really is a creative machine. What all this means is that there is something critical going on in our heads to the point that we need to be very careful how we treat our minds. The things we think about makes a difference in our lives and the devil knows this all too well and he plays tricks on us by actually trying to let you think on the things that will collapse into form, the very things that will create distress, disharmony, 
and chaos in your lives. So what are you really all thinking about? So with this thought in mind, and of course pun intended, I'd like to speak today from the topic, an anointed mind. An anointed mind. Let us pray. Father, we've now come to the preaching hour. Spirit of the living God, our mind ought to be stayed on you. Your word said, let this mind be in us that's also in Christ Jesus. So, Father, we seek the mind of you today, for your word reveals your mind. And so, Lord, speak to us now through your word, that we may understand something more about ourselves and therefore learn more about you. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship. Thank you, Father, for this time of preaching. Thank you, Father, for this time of growing in faith for all those who are here and tuned in. This we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Our text in Philippians 4, the eighth verse, says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue in any of these things, if there be any praise at all, think on these things. In this brief text, it is clear that the Apostle Paul is giving us a prescription on how to manage our sinful nature by regulating what's going on in our minds. We know this because from the text, he simply says, think on these things. The fact of the matter is, the things you think about play a vital role in the things that you live out and in the things that you experience in your lives. This is reinforced by the 23rd proverb and the seventh verse, which says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your thought life has a major impact on your behavior and in shaping who you are and who you become. What are the things that you're constantly thinking about, my brothers and sisters? What plagues you and torments your mind? Are there thought patterns that you harbor which are dictating your quality of life and collapsing into form whatever that reality is? Now, as we talk about the mind, we cannot talk about the mind without really talking about the head. So I want to talk a little bit about the head and then lead you into the thought about the mind. To help me with that, I want to use as a companion scripture, David's 23rd Psalm and the fifth verse. Here's what it says. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's it. Thou anointest my head with oil. Now the interesting thing when we talk about the anointing of the head with oil, many of us think about the priests as they were being anointed with oil as they're being ordained for the work of ministry. But what I want to submit to you today, that the anointing of the head by oil was not merely an act that really allows people to be set apart for the work of ministry. The anointing of the head by oil actually served multiple purposes. 
multiple purposes. Yes, we often like to think about it. Yes, the priest has been anointed and he's anointed for that work. We look at the wonderful things that people do and we say, yes, they are anointed for that work. And that is true. But the fact of the matter is, you could be anointed on your shoulder when you're sick. You could be anointed on your back when you're sick. But something happens when you are anointed on your head with oil. So we want to talk a little bit about the anointing of the head and the relationship that it has with the mind. Now, everyone knows that the Bible uses the metaphor of the shepherd and the sheep. As a matter of fact, David in his, in his psalm says, Thou anointest my head with oil. But the, but, the, but the psalm begins, The Lord is my shepherd. So as a sheep, his head needed to be anointed with oil. So why would you anoint the head of a sheep? Well, I'm glad you asked. One thing we know about sheep, and the Bible uses sheep to show us our true natures and who we are. We all know sheep to be dumb animals. They, they are erratic. They often act irrationally. If you've ever taken the time to observe sheep, they are really, it seems, almost good for nothing but supplying wool. Their teeth are small. They can't even defend themselves. And if a sheep were to fall on its back, its little legs are moving frantically. It's not able to flip itself around. And if it is not flipped up by the shepherd, the sheep could die. So the point is, sheep are helpless in many ways. They are dumb creatures and they serve nothing more than to give the shepherd more work to do. I mean, can you hear me somebody? So let's talk a little bit about sheep. And to help us with this, I want to say to you that you're going to, that the shepherd anoints the sheep's head with oil three different times and for three different reasons. Stay with me. The first we call fly time. Fly time. Here's what I mean. For people who are familiar with keeping livestock, they are aware of a serious problem to their livestock by insects that usually come around during the summertime. To name just a few of those parasites, you've got things like warble flies and bot flies and heel flies and nose or nasal flies, deer flies, mosquitoes, gnats, and other minute winged parasites that come around during the summertime. Now, now during this fly time, what usually happens is the nasal flies, particularly the nasal, the nose flies, they find a way into the nostrils of the sheep. They like to lay their eggs and their larvae inside the mucus of the sheep's nostrils. When these larvae, they mature and they come out as little worms, they burrow their ways up into the nasal passages of the sheep and they get into the flesh of the sheep. And while there, they set up an intense irritation accompanied by severe inflammation. Now, if you're a dumb sheep, you don't know anything. All you know is that some little fly, some little gnat, some little annoyance has gotten and made its way into your nostrils and is boring its way up to your brain. It's causing you some kind of irritation and inflammation. What should the sheep do? Well, if you observe the sheep, what the sheep will do, the sheep will shake its head. The sheep will be raking its face along the ground. The sheep will be beating its head against all kinds of trees. The sheep will be in a frenzied motion and endeavor to try to rid itself of this irritation. Sometimes it will go so far, these little flies, to cause the sheep to experience blindness. Because of all of this, Whenever sheep are around and they see flies, they usually get 
irritated and they start to act crazy. But the shepherd observes the sheep. And when the shepherd observes the sheep, he recognizes that while the sheep may look crazy, the sheep, in fact, is not crazy because something is irritating, something small, something seemingly insignificant is causing the sheep to exhibit a behavior that to many other people makes absolutely no sense. Is that your story? Sometimes people look at you and you're moving around and you're doing things that seem to make no sense. But what they don't know is that there is some little irritation that has made its way into your life. Something is causing you to exhibit some amount of distress and it's irritating. You can't see it. You can't put your finger on it. You can't, you're not able to remove it. Somehow you're being irritated by the smallest thing and people around you see you and they don't understand why. Only a shepherd that pays attention to the sheep understands the impact of fly time. And so what the shepherd does is the shepherd comes along. Whenever the shepherd sees the sheep acting a certain way, whenever the shepherd sees the sheep somewhat out of normal character for sheep, the shepherd comes along and the shepherd now anoints the sheep's head with oil. The oil that the shepherd uses to anoint the sheep is something that becomes a deterrent to the flies. Once the shepherd anoints the sheep, the sheep then now starts to live a sense of peace. The sheep now starts to feel a sense of connectedness because what was once irritating the sheep is irritating it no more. Why? Because the shepherd understands fly time. You see, a fresh application of the anointing oil to the head of the sheep allows the sheep to be able to, to pull back and to not be focusing on the negative, but is able to now focus on the positive and create that form to collapse around the sheep. You see, you and I very often, we think negative things because of the irritations in our lives, the many irritations. But thanks be to God that he sends the Holy Spirit anointing oil. And when he sends that oil and he anoints your head, now you're able to say whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of a good report i can now think on these things for i am not distracted by fly time it's hard to think of things praiseworthy when you're dealing with your own fly time this brings us to the second thing that affects the sheep and you can see how fly time affects the mind but there's something else that affects the sheep and we call this scab time. Oh yes, scab time. A scab is, is, is an irritating and highly contagious disease among sheep all the world over. Scab is most commonly found on the head of sheep. And sheep, one thing about sheep, sheep as bad as they are, they are very affectionate creatures. And so when sheep see other sheep, they tend to like to rub their heads against other sheep as a way of showing love and affection for each other. But what happens when a sheep has a scab? This highly contagious disease that plagues sheep. The sheep goes around and the sheep rubs its head on another sheep and it spreads from sheep to sheep. The scab, the, the disease that is debilitating. Now if you recall in the Old Testament, when the priest would declare that when you bring your sacrificial lamb, they should be without blemish. 
It was a way of saying, don't bring a lamb or even a sheep that has a scab. You got to bring a sheep that is clean and pure because one, not only is it going to be eaten, but we don't want it mingling with the other sacrifices and rubbing its head against the other, the other sheep and, and start to spread this disease. But what the shepherd would do with a scabby sheep is that they would have these troughs and they would dip the entire body of the sheep in, in, into the trough to try to get that anointing oil, that linseed oil and the sulfur and the chemicals that could control the disease. But the hardest place for the shepherd to get rid of the scab for the sheep is when the scab is on the head of the sheep. You see, many of us, if you are honest, you don't like water on your head or on your face. You can handle it on your body, but you don't want it on your face. I got a little dog, and every time I'm bathing the dog, the dog is fine as long as the water stays on the body. But the moment I get to the head, the dog fights, and the sheep also will fight. But the scab is on the head of the sheep. The source of where the scab can be transmitted is the head of the sheep. So here comes the shepherd. The shepherd has to once again grab the sheep and then do what? And to anoint the sheep's head with oil. The sh it's why David said, thou anointest my head with oil. It's difficult to get to the head of the sheep, especially when the sheep has a scab. Who are you rubbing your head against? The rubbing of the head is symbolic and metaphor and a metaphor for, for exchanging of minds and ideas with other people. Sometimes you're talking to people or listening to the news media and what is happening is you're literally rubbing your head against the head of another person. And sometimes the people that we're working with, sometimes the people we're talking to, they don't have the mind of God. They don't have the mind of Christ. But what they're doing is you think you're helping them. But mean, meanwhile, what they're really doing is they're, they're rubbing their mind against yours. And what they're doing is they're passing their scab onto you. My brothers and my sisters, Scab time is a dangerous time. It is why I tell our children, be careful what you watch on television. Because the truth of the matter is, it is hard sometimes to tell what's true from what is fake. It is hard sometimes to tell what is real and what is not. In this age of social media, people can cut and crop and do all kinds of things to make you think that what they are showing you is true and real. My brothers and my sisters, as sheep without a shepherd, I'm telling you, not only watch out for fly time that causes irritations in your life, but watch out for scab time where other people are trying to give you their thoughts, their minds. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. As long as you have Christ, he will never transmit to you any scab. So you got scab time. Scab time and fly time affects the sheep. And both affect the mind. Last, but certainly not least, we have head time. Oh yes. Now, the interesting thing about head time, which is very different from fly time and scab time is that head time is a lot more painful. Here's how it works. You all know that in a pasture where there is sheep, there are male sheep and there are female sheep. There's the rams. And the rams with their big horns, they like to prove themselves. And so if you notice a ram, their necks are usually pretty thick. 
and their horns are really pretty well developed. But when a ram sees another ram and feels that ram is threatening their territory, what the ram would do is the rams would come up together and they would clash their heads together. We call this head time. And they would crash into each other, banging into each other's heads. Why? Because they want to destroy the other one. And they will do this until it causes tremendous damage to the rams. And listen, every shepherd knows that you need your rams and you need your, your ewes if you're going to perpetuate and populate and grow your, your pasture. But the rams, they are thick-headed. The rams, they want to get their own way. The rams, they are thick in their heads. And so they crash and they crash and they crash against each other, trying to kill each other in deadly combat. But the shepherd has a remedy. <laughs> the shepherd sees his rams and they're out of control, banging each head against each other during what's called head time. So the shepherd grabs a hold of a ram and he anoints the ram's head with oil. <laughs> he anoints the ram's head with oil. So once the ram's heads have been anointed with oil, whenever they go to crash each other, it just slips by. It just slips by. They hit each other trying to cause damage, but their, their, their horns just slip on by. And they stand there looking silly and foolish, trying to hurt each other, not realizing that the oil of the Holy Spirit was protecting them from the very danger that they present for themselves. You see, when the Holy Spirit's oil, God has anointed you with his Holy Spirit oil, even when you do something that could cause you harm, even death, you need to know that the oil of the Lord keeps you from all dangers, seen and unseen. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And so, my brothers and my sisters, what I've shared with you is fly time. I've shared with you the, the, the scab time. And I've shared with you the head time. All these three things affect the head of the sheep. All of these things causes the sheep to have discomfort and distress and keeps the sheep in a place where they cannot even think on the good things of the Lord. But thanks be to God that he sends the holy anointing oil. He sends the oil of the Holy Spirit that is not just about ordaining priests, but it's also for your protection and for mine. And this is why I mean when I talk about an anointed mind. An anointed mind. We who like sheep, have gone astray for various reasons in our lives. Various influences and annoyances that come around in our daily lives and it causes us to look a lot like sheep, doing dumb things, doing, make, saying idiotic things, exhibiting irrational behavior. We need the Holy Spirit's anointing oil. Far too often we try to resolve our problems by either trying to outrun them because of fly time, or, or even trying to take on the foolishness of other people through scab time, or banging our heads against each other because of head time, or we just plain give up when the real solution was coming under the loving care and the anointing of our Lord and our Savior. Satan's greatest weapon is to play games with your mind to drive you to thinking that by focusing on your problems and on your sorrows, you can solve them. But Jesus knows all about our sorrows and he will guide us till the day is done. There's not a better friend 
than the lowly Jesus. And Jesus wants to be your friend today. So the question, as you think about all the things going on with this pandemic and even during this election season, when you think about all the things that's going on and it's causing you to be distressed, the question is, do you need peace today? Do you need joy today? Do you need hope today? And most of all, my brothers and my sisters, do you need love today? Well, if any of those needs sound like a need you have, then I want you to hear me clearly that all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. And you may be dealing with fly time, or you may be dealing with scab time, or you may be dealing with head time. But whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life today, let me be crystal clear, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need God's anointing oil to be able to get rid of the gnats and the flies. You need the Holy Spirit's anointing oil to help you not transmit, but also to shield you from the mind and the disease thinking of other people. You need the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit to prevent you from being your own worst enemy. Whatever it is you need, whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is that is taking away your peace, whatever it is that is causing a form to collapse around you, that seems to be getting worse and worse by the minute. You can't get, you can't make ends meet. You keep trying to take two steps forward, but you seem to be ending up taking five steps backwards. What I'm telling you is that the only solution is what the shepherd has, and that is the Holy Spirit's anointing oil. David says, thou anointest my head with oil, and the anointing of your head with oil impacts your mind. So the message is clear. Come to Jesus and let him be your shepherd today. And as your shepherd, he will anoint you with the oil of the Holy Spirit so that not only will your cup overflow, but you can also renew your mind. And once you have been renewed in your mind, you can now have what the Apostle Paul calls the mind of Christ. And with the mind of Christ, finally, my brethren and my sisters, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, then you will be able to think on these things. And if you think on these things, the form around you will start to change for a mind is a terrible thing to waste. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.